Hi, everybody. Before we get into this episode, I had to let you know, like I'm literally bursting at the seams, that on March 13th, Scouts Agency is launching something major. We have been working on this for months, all with the intention to serve your business expansion and catapult your brand awareness. Now, If you want to have first access at our early bird pricing plus access to bonuses, sign up on our waitlist at scoutsagency.com slash waitlist. There will be limited spots available, so if you've been ready to go from the plateaued business owner to the visible visionary, you're going to want first access. Again, that's scoutsagency.com slash waitlist. S-C-O-U-T-S-A-G-E-N-C-Y dot com slash waitlist to sign up for first access. I'm bursting at the seams and I know I have to keep this a secret for just a couple weeks longer, so cannot wait. Okay, let's get into the episode. Scout Sobel, and welcome to the Emotional Entrepreneur Podcast, the podcast where we talk business strategy while also vulnerably connecting on emotional resilience. As the CEO and founder of Scouts Agency, a female-focused agency where we get women as guests on podcasts, and someone who has suffered from, managed, and lived with bipolar disorder, the intersection of mental health and entrepreneurship is where I find my success. If you are here, it is because you are ready to feel safe in your emotions so that you can live your life of purpose. Let's get into the inspiration, shall we? Hello, everybody. Welcome back to the Emotional Entrepreneur Podcast. And yes, this is being published on a Wednesday and not a Tuesday. I am so sorry that I am a day and a half, pretty much, yeah, a day and a half late to uploading this week's episode, but... Here is the deal. I have been definitely been in a state of resistance. Let's let's get some real talk going on here. I am in the second trimester of my pregnancy. I am 17 weeks pregnant today. And that second trimester glow, energy, feeling better, etc., has not exactly settled in or hit. So I have been in a little bit of a state of overwhelm. I am still extremely fatigued. I am continuously plagued by nausea, and I am definitely not at the 100% or rather 150% capacity that I normally operate in. Now, emotionally, this is very difficult for me since I am a generator, I am an executor, I am an entrepreneur, and my mind goes a million miles a minute and it dreams up new things every single day and then it wants to carry the energy of the dream through to production and unfortunately my body is telling me a different story. My mind is dreaming up all these possibilities for the growth of Scouts Agency, for the expansion of this podcast and for the emotional entrepreneur brand as a whole and yet my baby is uh, making my body tell me to stop. It is uh, definitely asking for a lot of rest, a lot of slowing down, a lot of pausing. It has been very difficult for me to surrender into that state of rest and pause. It feels as if my mind and my body are at war with one another. I have definitely felt a little bit of a grieving period for my old self during this time. 
since I am someone who has come to identify with a specific pace that lights me up. I am someone, if you have listened to this podcast for the past couple years and read my book and follow me on Instagram, I'm someone who really, really knows myself inside and out, who knows her limits, who knows what lights her up, who knows what best serves her. And being pregnant has turned all of that upside down. It has allowed me or forced me to redefine what I am currently capable of. It has forced me to enter into a different pace. It has forced me to listen to my physical body more than I ever, ever have. And it's taken me some time to admit to all of this. For many of these moments where I've wanted to work, had a beautiful to-do list, been excited about work at Scouts Agency, I have had days where those that to-do list was unable to get accomplished because my body is just telling me to stop or I feel physically ill or the fatigue is just too unbearable and the brain fog isn't making my brain work anyways. And I really... I really emotionally have been having a hard time with this and then I felt shame and bad badly that I that I felt this way that I wasn't anything but super happy and grateful and blissful that I'm pregnant but rather I'm sitting here like why the fuck can I work why the fuck can I go on you know social events why does my calendar have to be reduced by 60% in order for me to just get the stuff done um where is my energy I want to work and so It's taken me some time to recognize that a lot of this is part of who I am. A lot of what I'm experiencing in pregnancy is asking me to to behave and operate in a way that is truly foreign to me. And that takes a lot of time and practice and patience and acceptance. And it also takes a lot of clarity as to the bigger picture, right? So all of this is to say is that I am coming to a place where I don't have to love every part of this pregnancy to be grateful that I'm fulfilling a deep, deep desire in being a mother. I want to be honest about this balance of being pregnant and being an entrepreneur and what that realistically looks like. I don't want to sugarcoat things. I've never been one to do that. I always say you can be in your purpose and following your dreams and doing the exact thing that you want and desire and should be doing. And yet there are moments that feel extremely challenging. I think about meeting my baby and I am so overwhelmed with love. I just literally cannot wait for the moment. And I can come on here and say, hey, I'm struggling in my pregnancy. It's difficult for me to be operating on this new operating uh, software. It's a different like version. It's a different download. And it is difficult to connect to who I am if I cannot do the things that I so beautifully feel like make me me. So All of this is a very long ballad to say that the reason that I did not upload an episode yesterday and why this is late is because I put too much on my plate last week. I was traveling to Pittsburgh to visit my family, uh, which was amazing. I got to spend such quality time with my nieces who are uh, three and one years old, and it was beautiful. Um, But the night before I left for Pittsburgh, we had a team photo shoot. We had an office party, and I had scheduled all of these things a long time ago under the premise that I would be feeling better in my second trimester. So I have needed, uh, I've needed a little bit of catch up time, a little bit of rest time and a little bit of, uh, you know, acceptance that I haven't been able to finish my to-do list. So 
yesterday's Emotional Entrepreneur podcast was the thing that had to be delayed just a little bit. And it goes without saying that I really appreciate your patience. I really appreciate your support. I know that this community is so strong and this podcast and these conversations not only serve me and you, but they're also just a beautiful reminder that this game of entrepreneurship is emotional and there are challenges that come through it. And being a mother is a is a new paradigm. It's a new shift. It's a new role that I am currently integrating into my life. And I really appreciate the grace um, as I move through this. So today's episode I am so excited about because I have Erica Stolman on. Erica Stolman is the creator of Fashion Lush and Fashion Kush. She is an incredible, incredible woman. I have been so blessed to become friends with her over the years. She was on OKSIS podcast a while ago. She lives in San Diego and she so graciously answers all of my DMs, which I think I DM her too much based off all her stories. But I'm such a fan of how she shows up on Instagram and online uh, extremely authentically, specifically through the lens of mental health. So Erica struggles from anxiety and she says her most recent diagnosis uh, includes OCD and she very very much talks openly about what it means to be a content creator and an entrepreneur with crippling anxiety and with chronic anxiety and that honesty and candor is so refreshing for me especially as someone who's in the mental health space to look to somebody else that I admire and know that they speak just as uh, openly and honestly about their mental health struggles as I do so We get into a lot in this episode, a lot about how to run a business with anxiety, a lot about how to manage anxiety holistically, a lot about how entrepreneurship can be such a beautiful beautiful vehicle for those who struggle with mental health problems. So we go through her entire career, we go through some holistic tips she has for anxiety, and we talk about that work-life balance that so often gets skewed, but fuck it, I don't want it to be balanced. So I hope you all enjoy listening to Erica Stolman and have a beautiful, beautiful day. We have Erica Stolman on the podcast here today. How are you, love? I'm good. I do go by Erica Stolman Dowdy now. Oh, oh my gosh. Scott, but you don't know, say sorry. I only correct because I have to get used to it. You know, that's <laughs> right. Cause you've just got, well, I mean, not just got married, but you kind of like just got married, yeah. right? Like last year. Yeah. Last yeah. year, almost a year. You know, that so I only correct people because that's the only way I'm going to get used to it. I hear you. So you're keeping Stolman and you're just adding Dowdy at the end. Yes. I dropped the maiden name. That's why, I mean, I get it, but I have like, I'm such a nostalgic human that like, it just was too sad. And also I feel like it's different when you have a brand on the internet with your maiden name and then you get married in the middle of already having a relationship or like if you Google Erica Stolman, things are going to come up. I feel like that's different because I got married to Adam, like the year I started podcasting, the year I started doing all this. So it was very easy for me to just do a clean Scout Sobel move. And it sounds so good together. It does. It really does. Yeah. But Dowdy's a pretty sick last name. Erica Dowdy sounds awesome. Well, it's funny. My mom always laughs because the dictionary definition of Dowdy is like sloppily dressed. And so like the juxtaposition of it all, because like I love to get dressed up. So we, but I love it. I love the last name Dowdy. It's actually neither Zach or I have legally changed our names. So like we just go by, 
Uh, it's like a whole long, complicated story of like his last name is not Dowdy legally, but that is his dad's last name. So, and he's always gone by Zach Dowdy. But what I am pushing for is Zach Stolman Dowdy. Yeah, that sounds great too, in my opinion. I, I'm like, let's both change to Stolman Dowdy. That's a good, you know what? That sounds really good. I mean, unless he has like a really sick middle name, but I understand the changing of the last name situation. So I'm just going to give you a hot tip because I didn't do this. Pay someone to do it. Just pay someone to do it because my passport and my credit card are still my maiden and everything else is my whatever. And I was in Italy and my dad books my ticket on my married, but the passport was the maiden. And it's like a whole fucking cluster. Just just pay someone to do it, change it and and be done with it because I'm still halfway through the process four years later. Oh my God. It, that's the thing is it feels like a pain and it's just like, I go by Erica Stolman Dowdy, like legally, do I really need to do all this work? <laughs> Seems like a lot of work. It's a lot of work. I am going to pay someone to do it once I'm done convincing Zach to take, take my yes. name through. That's I feel a good like idea. modern. I feel like it's like really a feminist move on his part. Uh, the Beckhams just did it where she, huh. they both, what's her name? Pelts? Fuck, I, I don't, I only know her as Victoria Beckham at this point. Well, no, the, the son. He just oh. married Brooklyn, just married Nicola Peltz, and they are both Peltz Beckham. It's they so both- weird. You know what? Just wrote, this is like a huge tangent off our topic, but I'm glad we're talking about this. I am obviously a huge feminist, if you want to call me that, da 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 and when I got married, I just, there's, there's a part of me that I think likes some of the traditional stuff. Yeah. And it wasn't even a doubt in my mind if I would keep my last name, if that makes sense. I think it's because my middle name is named after my grandma. And so I couldn't, I felt, I felt worse booting that name than my maiden name. And I didn't even think about it. I was like, of course I'm going to take Sobel. So it's an interesting topic of debate that one could it have. Is. It is. It's interesting. I mean, my mom and I and Zach were talking about it the other day and it's like, why can't we switch it up? I mean, at some point I was like, let's pick a new last name. Like, you know, who like all of these different ideas, but I really am pushing for us to both be stolen dowdy. So we will see how that plays out. I think it's a good idea. Okay. Yeah. Let's talk about mental health and business because you are somebody who speaks very openly on the internet about having anxiety. And yeah. I feel as if while mental health is becoming a more open conversation. I feel like there's, there's very few of us who talk about it in a, I hate to use this word, in like a chronic sense of experiencing it where we didn't have like, where we've been dealing with this for years and years and years and we come online and really talk about it openly. How long have you been talking about your anxiety on the internet in the way that you do? Oh man, I feel like, I feel Probably not always, because I feel like in the beginning when like Instagram first started, it was really about a persona and like the pretty pictures and the travel pictures and like really keeping it separate from real life. And then for me, I would say like three to four years in, and I've been doing this for like 10 years, I just was like, I can't eat. Like, it's like, that just didn't feel obviously at all authentic. And still it was what people were doing. It was like the highly edited, like tons of filter phase, like, uh, like orange and teals and all these colors and like really bright photos. And you kept it like very surface level almost. That was just how it was. Cause it was so new, but I was like, really like, I can't post anything without 
touching on this because it's such a huge just part of who I am and how I function and probably could explain a lot to these people to understand me better because it just felt like it's like when I started talking about weed it was just like I just am not like this just like isn't me and like I can't even like have a conversation without addressing it because I think it would answer questions for people Mm, you know I want to take it like really really back because I know you've been doing this for so long and if I recall your story correctly you became a a, what what was it called back then a blogger would be the 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 official term you became a blogger because um, this is great research on my behalf but I've listened to you on so many uh podcasts you became a blogger because you were working at a job that you disliked and you would have your coworker take photos of you on yeah. lunch break. Is that correct? Yeah. Did you feel like when you decided to go full-time on this blogger thing that your anxiety heightened or decreased in the beginning? Oh, decreased. I feel like the initial shock of like not having a steady income was like, I remember being in the car right home and calling Lauren and I was like freaking out and having anxiety. And I was like, I don't know what to do. Like, da, 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 da. And, but like once I accepted it and gave myself permission to try this out as an option, it was just an immediate, like, <sighs> I can breathe. like the idea of being stuck at the desk job in the long run would, was so much more anxiety inducing than the idea of like scrambling to make ends meet. <laughs> Also, do you feel as if, because this is how I felt, I felt as if when I started Scott's agency, the anxiety of that unpredictable income and the responsibility and the different structure, it was easier for me to define and wrap my head around because it had a, there was a reason for it, if that makes sense. It wasn't this like mysterious, elusive anxiety or depression that was happening out of nowhere, if that makes sense. Totally. I mean, it's much easier when you have a, like a pinpoint on what your anxiety, what's causing your anxiety, because then you know, it's going to be short-lived or temporary. Yeah. So what it is. Exactly. So do you recommend, or do you think, because I, I think this, but I would love to hear your take that people who struggle with their mental health, entrepreneurship, or doing their own thing, whichever, whatever industry that is, is a really great vehicle and structure for them to harness that energy towards something good or successful. Absolutely. I mean, I think it's just the most amazing way to funnel your anxiety. And I think it would really surprise people who have anxiety that like having that, that thing to laser focus on will be the release that you might be looking for. Like for me, like, it's like almost like my husband always says, it's wild. It's like, you could be having anxiety. Like, and I get like random, like sitting on the couch. If I'm not doing anything, the idleness, it's like instantly, like I'm instantly anxiety. And like, my husband will say like, okay, like grab your computer, start working on a project. And within like five minutes, I'm zoned in and I'm good. Like okay. you need that place to distract. It's like either like, you know, if I'm in a place where I can't do that, it's like, let's talk about something work-related. Let's talk about an idea. Let's get it flowing. And then it just takes your brain on a different pathway, which I think with anxiety and like what I learned in therapy, it's a lot of redirecting your thoughts. And with work, it's the quickest way I can start redirecting my thoughts. Oh my gosh. Can we talk about that real quick? Because sometimes I, I do that all the time. Um, and I think it's difficult for some people to maybe comprehend. And I think it's quite easy to label that as workaholism. 
maybe. Uh-huh. Oh, um, yeah. But when your work is your passion and it helps your mental health and it's not like this, I'm doing it because I'm afraid that I'm going to fail or I'm doing it because I'm afraid my boss isn't going to think things, but it truly is sort of your medicine. It kind of, it kind of blurs the line a little oh, bit. Totally. <laughs> and I've had to like, I've definitely, I would say that's one of my biggest problems is the separation of work and relaxing. And I'm getting better at it. Like it, last night, my husband was telling me, he's like, you need 30 minutes before bed off the computer. Like you need to do it. Sorry. And I'm like, it's so hard because at night that's when I get the most anxious. And that's when I want to funnel that energy like into something. And like just sitting and watching TV is going to cause me more anxiety and actually probably keep me up longer than like pummeling through my workload. That's like, so interesting. It, calms, it quiets my mind. I know it's the blue light. It's not, it's not a matter of like the work itself. If there was no blue light, I could answer emails five minutes before bed. But like, it's hard for me to do that because just sitting here doing nothing and like watching TV with Zach, it's like I, my leg will be shaking. I'll be like, this is not fun. Like I, you know, I'm thinking about 20 other things. Let me answer some emails. <laughs> That's so interesting to me because- I've always said that entrepreneurship saved my mental health. I think that I think that when you're in entrepreneurship, there's a new host of emotional problems that happen, like how to turn it off or how to not be afraid of unpredictable income and managing yourself, et cetera. But harnessing my energy around those problems made me feel more sane and more centered than just dealing with bipolar disorder on a day-to-day. So People think it's a really dramatic statement when I say that entrepreneurship for me like is a life or death situation because my business gives me life in the sense that it allows my energy to, to flow in a place that's fulfilling and meaningful and exciting to me, yeah, you know? Totally. But a lot of people think, I can imagine a lot of people think that's a very convoluted and maybe not healthy thing to say, but it's, it's true. And it's why I think entrepreneurship is so great for people with mental health struggles. Um, but you're on the internet, which is a different, well, I guess I'm on the internet too, but you're on the internet in a different scale. (laughs) Um, can we talk about the mental health stuff that you've had to go through just that every person on the internet has to go through if they're a content creator or a blogger or a podcaster, there's a lot that goes into that with your mental health. Can you talk to me about your relationship to maybe social media and your mental health? Yeah, I mean, it's, uh, it ebbs and it flows, definitely. And I think the ebb and the flow is clearly represented in my content. Like I can, you know, very much, I can tell by looking at it, like, okay, like my anxiety with social media is high. I have a very, in, I feel like I have a very interesting relationship. I love it. It's, it's my creative outlet. It's the way I connect with people and having anxiety, uh, connecting with people isn't always easy. So it's interesting, you know, the relationships I've made with other influencers and creators through this platform um, that I might not, that I know I wouldn't in real life, um, but it can be very overwhelming. And I think for me, the imposter syndrome is problematic the comparison mm. is problematic. 
Um, not so much as comparing like, oh, I'm not as pretty or stylish or in shape or da, 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 but more so like, I'm not working hard enough. Like they're working harder than me. And so that is a problem for me because I see these people like content coming out their ears, YouTube, Instagram, TikTok reels. And I'm like, oh my God, I could be doing more. I'm not doing enough. I'm not doing enough. So that's really where I get stuck comparing myself, um, just to people's productivity levels, which I feel like is as problematic if not more than comparing people's lifestyles um, because you don't know how that content is stacked or whatnot so I do think that um, it's definitely an interesting relationship for me and when I'm having anxiety with social media like my new thing and it always hasn't it hasn't always been like this but it's just to go dark like I just got to step away let my stories go to zero, no posts, even if it's six days, I've got to step away. And you find it's okay to step away. What happens in that moment? Well, at first it was hard. It was like, it was this like insane guilt and like weighing on me. And I was like, if I step away, I'm going to lose engagement. I'm going to lose followers. I'm going to lose this. I'm going to lose that. I'm going to, and I was just like, like it, yes, this is my job, but also in the big scheme of things, it does not fucking matter. If I step away for six days for my mental health, it does not matter. Like I, like it's nobody's sitting there going, where's Erica? I miss Erica. Like you think in this world that like your followers are going to be like, oh, I'm getting over her. She never posts or no, they're not thinking about you. They're thinking about themselves. They're thinking about the next thing. They'll still be there when you come back. Like I have just learned that I can't force it and I won't force it. And if I need, if it's making me that anxious, I step away and I just go dark. And sometimes I just like, am so turned off by it. I won't even open it and I, what I've realized is it doesn't change my income it doesn't change my followers they're still there that you know nothing nobody's putting their lives on hold because you're taking a break that is the craziest I think uh, I don't know lie yeah that we tell ourselves because yeah. technically if you post more and do more you get more engagement and you reach more people but they're like any job or any work there has to be a line where you stop where you stop so that you can recharge and keep going. I think it's really, really easy. And I kind of fell into that trap this year where I have a newsletter, I have this podcast, I have OK Sis, um, and I also run a business with like a team of seven. So I thought that I had to be everywhere at all times. And I've allowed myself, like I didn't post a podcast today. I didn't tell anyone. I was just like, I didn't, I didn't have it ready. Couldn't do it. Like didn't have the energy oh. levels for it. I like stopped the newsletter. I was like, we don't need to be everywhere at all times to build a brand. And I think that's one of the biggest lies social media creates. And it gives us anxiety at the end of the day. It gives us a lot of anxiety. <laughs> yeah. I mean, it's interesting. It's like people have been pushing for YouTube. Like you should do YouTube. You should do YouTube. You should do a YouTube or you should do a podcast. You should do a podcast. You should do a podcast. And I agree. And that's, I, I would love to, I would love to do a YouTube and a podcast. YouTube. I've just realized it's not for me. Same. It's never going to be for me. Same. It's not for me. It's not a platform I'm comfortable with. It's not a platform I want to do. My husband does YouTube. That's great. We've got one YouTuber in the house. It's not for me. A podcast, I would much rather put my energy there. But like right now, 
I've got my hands in 25 baskets and mm-hmm. it's okay. Mm-hmm. If I start a podcast in six months, a year, two months, like it's going to be okay. The world's yeah. not on hold for that stuff. And you can't do everything great. Yeah. Like it's physically impossible. And as someone with anxiety, trying to do everything great, like as someone with anxiety and a little bit of touch, a touch of OCD is like my latest diagnosis, which I'm not surprised is I can't do one thing half-assed. Like I physically can't and you can't do everything great. So it's just not adding up. Yeah. So how does all this work? Like walk me through if you could put your, because uh, I know you have fashion kush too, which you have with your mom, which is an incredible, uh, successful stoner club vibe uh, brand. Um, I am not a weed smoker, unfortunately, Erica. I tried really hard to be a weed smoker. I know. And- I tried to coach you too. Like I tried to coach you. Pop that baby out and I'll, I'll bring you a joy. <laughs> yeah, we, you can try. I, I'm open. I'm always open to trying. Um, and people are like, oh, you just haven't smoked the right strain. I'm like, bitch, I've smoked over 200 times. Like there, for yeah. sure, there was, there was one time it was bliss. And I'm pretty sure it was laced with Molly because I was like, <laughs> this is not normal. Um <laughs> So yeah, I, I personally can't do it, but I'm still open to you uh, changing that narrative for me. Um, but can you tell me how you organize all of this? Like if you had to put your day into a pie chart, like 10% goes here and 20% goes here, what would that very roughly look like? Because I think something that interests me all the time is female entrepreneurs that have a multitude of projects or different businesses or different channels and how they organize and balance all of that. Yeah, totally. So I feel like Fashion Lush used to be a blog. I have stopped blogging. That was a very, it's almost like I archived the blog. That was a very hard decision for me. Wait, tell me about that decision. How did that happen? Well, there was such a tie to it, but I can't put the energy where the energy is not going and people Mm -hmm. aren't reading blogs anymore. Mm -hmm. So I can't like, and the energy it takes to run a blog was 80% of my days. Mm. Like it was very, it was taking up my whole days. Like I, there was no room for any content creation or fashion kush. Um, and also I have blogged about everything. Like I haven't blogged about everything. I'm sure there's new things I could come up with, but once I, so once it felt forced and I was like, what am I going to blog about? Like, okay. Like blog about this drink that I made today. Like, you know, and it felt so forced. I was like, everything that I, that that was like important to me to talk about on that blog, I've talked about, I could link back to my anxiety story, one, two, and three, this, this, and this, like, and it just wasn't coming natural anymore. And you, and the energy wasn't flowing is because people want the quick content. They want quick. And I was finding that creatively, I was more drawn to the creating the quicker content, like, and I could really put my energy into fashion kush and creating content for fashion lush. So that was a hard decision. And it was, you know, it was a great run with the blog and I still have the blog and I still reference the blog and link to the blog, but no more active blog posts. Mm. Um, so I would say, I would say 40% of my day. Well, no, let's say 35% of my day goes to fashion kush. to creating content for Fashion Lush, whether it's TikTok, Instagram, Reels, um, or whatnot. Mainly those, I do TikTok and Instagram and Reels. A lot of the short form video content is big right now. Um, 
And then what does that leave me at? What did I say? 35 and 30? Yeah, God, that's 65. <laughs> yeah, 65%. Yeah, and then I would say 10%, well, 20% of my day, it goes to me. Mm. Whether it's the gym or uh, I do a lot of things, like, you know, things, holistic things, whether it's a lymphatic massage or I'm not really my best right now. So this is like, I'm dealing with my thyroid. So a lot of my day right now has to be allocated to me mm-hmm. and self-care because I feel honestly like crap, which you understand. Yeah. But when you feel like crap and you're not functioning at hundred percent, like no matter what you do, you're never going to be able to give hundred percent. Um, so really right now I'm not giving a hundred percent and I know that, but I'm doing the best I can. And I do a lot, a lot of my day to doing things holistic. Or mm. medical. Talk to me about the holistic stuff. Cause I'm huge into holistic practices with my mental health. I went off medication almost two years ago, but that was because I wanted to get pregnant and the medication that I was on that I had spent 10 years finding, it took a really long time to find the medication that worked for me, was such a new medication that there were no clinical studies or trials on the effects of pregnancy and childbirth staying on the medication. So I decided to go off of it to become pregnant. And so when I did that, I had to lean even further into holistic practices, whether it's physical health, you said thyroid or mental health, whatever. What are some of your favorite, favorite holistic practices? Acupuncture. Really? Oh my God. I hate acupuncture so much. I do it all the time, but I like the experience does not chill me I have out. had some horrific acupuncture experiences and I, where it makes your anxiety so fucking bad. I just hate the way it feels when you put the needle in and then it like zings down your body the energy I like oh there was one time I got acupuncture because they're okay so like there's different levels of acupuncture like I need baby needles they give me infant Same. needles yeah. yeah I need infant needles because it's too much of an energy flow especially for someone with anxiety yeah it's like too, like once a needle goes in just for people's reference energy in your body starts to flow in and out of your body and it if you have anxiety like you feel that in your fucking fingertips and you were like, get the needles out of my body right now. I have gotten up ass naked with a little towel and said, excuse me, I need you to get these needles out right fucking now. Like walked into the waiting room and they were like, what's happening? And I was like, I'm either going to projectile vomit or have a panic attack. I do not know. And I've actually had friends who have projectile vomited. Like it can, if it's too much energy, mm-hmm it like stirs shit up. So I need infant needles. Um, but it really does work for me. Uh, ear seeds. I love ear seeds. Those are my favorite. Um, I do lymphatic massage. I'll do uh, vitamin drips. I'm starting with a new holistic doctor coming up soon. And she does a lot of Chinese herbs, which I'm looking forward Mm. to. Um, I really want to try cryotherapy and see how that helps just like overall health energy levels. Like my energy levels feel very depleted right now. So I'm doing a lot of things to try to bring up my energy. Mm. But um, I just think, I mean, any form of massage is actually like really good for anxiety and 
just for sickness because it gets things moving. Like if you feel sluggish or like your thyroid sluggish or anything like that, any type of massage just gets the drainage going in your body. So I'm a big advocate of massage, chiropractic work, acupuncture, and seeing a holistic naturopath or a Chinese medicine doctor. I mean, if they're not looking at your tongue, you need to be looking at your tongue. <laughs> That's actually such a great reference point. Like if you walk into a holistic treatment and they didn't look at your tongue, there's a problem. Yeah. Um, have you tried cupping? Oh, I love cupping. I love cupping so much. I, I love cupping. I can't really get it when I'm pregnant, but I would go in and just go hard. Like it would oh, be yeah. painful for like so a painful. minute and a half. And I would just have to breathe through it. And then once I breathe through the pain, I am in a state of like bliss land. Like I am oh, yeah. somewhere else. It is the, it is my favorite, favorite. If I could get cupping once a week, I would. It's amazing. But that's kind of how I feel with acupuncture is I really, really? do go into a blissful state. Like a high, like after the initial, like energy's like buzzing. Like I say, it feels like, zzz, like energy's buzzing through your body. And then all of a sudden I sleep. Like I've never slept before. It'll be um, 30 minutes and they wake me up and I'm like, I am a new person. Yeah, that's me with cupping. That's not yeah. me with acupuncture. I mean, I get it because I understand the benefits and I do feel yeah. better after, but the process is extremely, extremely torturous for me specifically. Yeah. Yeah. So, okay, let's go back to entrepreneurship. Oh okay. yeah. Well, the rest of my pie chart, I would say the rest of my oh, day. Oh, we're not done. Okay. Sorry. Well, going. the rest of my day just goes to working on our new house because that is also what I'm finding is like such a huge passion of mine that it's a very, it's similar to working in terms of like the outlet for your anxiety. Mm-hmm. It's a very good outlet for my anxiety, but it's not work. So that's what you were saying earlier. Like, how do you cut off? I cut off by doing something else that is that same outlet, but it's actually not work. So that's how I disconnect from work is working on the house. Mm. So the biggest takeaway that I'm hearing that I can completely relate to here is that if you have anxiety, having a project, like a big project, whether it's work or your house or a hobby or whatever it is that you can get really, really focused and into will allow you to move that energy into something that's supportive, that's fulfilling, that's enhancing your life, that's productive. I, I'm the same way. It's hard for me to have too much downtime. And do you like going on vacation? You know, it's causing (laughs) a lot of anxiety. (laughs) Everyone's like my most anxious, like situation that you could put me in is the idea of a vacation and a vacation, (laughs) not a vacation. Yes. Um, I'm the same way. And people think I'm crazy when I talk about how travel is extremely anxiety inducing. And that's the worst. The only place I can go is Palm Springs for like two days, like max, um, or Tulum. Tulum just immediately, boom, I'm in a that's vibe. That's how I feel about Cabo. Yeah. I feel that way about Cabo. Like there's very, like, I know that people ask, like Zach and I go to Copenhagen and Cabo a lot. Mm-hmm. And we're like Copenhagen, I mean, we go we've been like six or seven times. It's like, you think like, wouldn't you want to go somewhere else? Like, no, because when I have a place that I know I feel calm, I want to go back to that place over and over and over again. Yeah. And in Copenhagen, I don't feel anxious. I don't feel out of place. I don't feel, I feel calm. So we just keep going back to Copenhagen or Cabo. I'm, I'm the exact same way. I have it. 
I'm the exact same way. Um, I'm supposed to go, I'm supposed to go on a baby moon, but the way I got, the way I got pregnant, the timeline that I got pregnant, it would be during the hottest, most humid months, basically everywhere. And so the only place I would want to go is Tulum, but it's just too much of a trek pregnant and the humidity would be too much for me. And yeah. so I'm just like, I'd rather just not go on one because yeah. I'm going to spend all this money, go somewhere else and be Stress. miserable the whole yeah. time. Yeah, exactly. I know I'm the same way that like we were planning. So this is like the first year we can travel and we were talking about it last night and we, you know, sometimes we like to tack on like, cause we've been to Copenhagen so many times that we tack on somewhere else so that we're seeing new things. Mm-hmm. And so we're taught, I keep putting off booking our trip and Zach's like, what's going on? Like, why do you keep putting it off? And I was like, I just think that like, maybe it's been a long time since we traveled. Maybe we just do Copenhagen. I'm too nervous to go anywhere else. Yeah. And like, he's like, okay, we'll just do Copenhagen. I was like, I need familiar, like familiarity. And like, I need to be able to like put down roots almost like when yeah. I travel, I don't want to get up and go to the next place. And so like, sure. Like I'm turning down the idea of like going to like Paris or somewhere amazing, but like my anxiety doesn't like that. And I have to listen to my anxiety first. Yes. Amen. My anxiety is telling me no for a reason. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. yourself back into it like I'm I'm the exact same way okay people function differently yeah people function differently exactly and if you don't listen to those things even though they sound outlandish and everyone else is like what like you're not gonna no. go to Paris you know what I mean I turned down a family trip to England because I was like I'm gonna be a hot mess like that's not that's not yeah. my idea of what sounds great. And I was like, you sound like a brat. I'm like, I don't give a fuck. I, yeah, this is what I have to do for my mental health. I know that's not going to be enjoyable for me. So I want to end. That's, I do think that's so important. Just knowing your boundaries with yeah. this, with like, you can, you, people don't understand, like, and I've been told so many times, like, get out of your comfort zone, force yourself to do it, force yourself to do it, like get through it and I'll do it. But like, I will be, if I'm going to be miserable, like it's just not worth it. And to be able to like really know what your boundaries are with your anxiety is like the whole, it opens like all these new doors for you to just fucking say no, just say no to what you don't want to do. There's also a difference between your friends getting married in Paris. And so you're going to go because it's your best friend or whatever. And you understand that this isn't going to be where your anxiety feels the calmest. And so you, you gear up, you tool up, you, you are in the mindset, but going on a vacation with your husband doesn't need to be a getting out of your comfort zone moment. Yeah. It's not, it does yeah. not need to be like pushing you. So yeah. understanding the difference is really, really important. I want, I want to end on, cause we talked a little bit about this, this concept, but in entrepreneurship, I want to end on that. How, what is your greatest advice tip or what is coming to mind on how to listen to your anxiety and just say no in your business. Oh man. For anyone out there who is struggling and is finding themselves saying yes to everything and then either being burnt out by the end of the day or feeling anxious at the end of the day, or they're not choosing things that align with them. And so their mental health is flaring up. How do you tap into that inner compass and then listen to that inner compass? I really think that with anxiety is you can only like when you're struggling with anxiety or any mental health disorder, like you can only put your like 
wavelength of energy in so many places. And while there are so many people who are going to out, be out there and say, say yes to everything, say yes to everything, that works great for um, somebody who doesn't struggle. That could work great. But for me, with my anxiety, saying yes to everything takes me away from what I want to be doing. And sure, it could be a good opportunity, but if you have, you know, six buckets going and you can only put something in three, do you want to put them into this one or do you want to put, start putting things into the bucket that really fulfills you? And for me, it's like, that's my business. That's Fashion Kush. So like, if I say yes to all these things, Fashion Kush suppers, because you can't do it all when you are struggling with anxiety, you really need to stream. Like I call it like a stream of consciousness into one thing, one bucket, like pouring water into one bucket. I can't pour water into all these buckets. So saying no to those might suck, but it gives me more energy to say yes to fashion coach over and over and over again, or to where I want my stream of consciousness to go. Mm, that's and so I'm good. just not a yes man. I'm a big believer of being a no man. I agree. I think that there. I think the yes strategy can ha- can support some people, but I, I really do believe it only supports the people it does support. It doesn't support over a long period of time. There's a very no, short a window call. where one where one can do that. So thank you for saying yes to talking to me today. Of course, of course, oh. always. Okay, tell everybody where they can find you, Fashion Kush, all the good stuff. You can find me on Instagram at Fashion Lush and on TikTok at Fashion Lush and then at Fashion Kush on Instagram and www.fashionkush.com to shop. Beautiful. Thank you, love. Thank you, Scout. I hope this episode has landed with you in the perfect timing that you need it. I hope that it gives you the courage to chase after your dreams and purpose. If you are so willing, I would be honored if you would text this episode to a friend, if you would rate the podcast five stars and write a review, and follow me on Instagram at Scout Sobel. Over there, you can find links to sign up for my newsletter, which is also in the show notes, and get involved in all of my offerings, from Scout's agency to OKSIS podcast to this podcast. If you're looking for a deeper dive of my work, you can find my debut book, The Emotional Entrepreneur, on Amazon. I am so appreciative you are here and I will see you on the next episode.